0: Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hey
1: Jason, do you remember BPI?
0: Oh yeah, Blind LGBT Pride International. They're a special interest affiliate of ACB.
1: Yes, they are the ones doing all these cool things at convention, yoga, wine tastings fun parties, as well as other interesting learning activities. Well, guess what they're up to now? Ooh, do tell. They are now having their own show on ACB Radio Mainstream. It's called Pride Connection.
0: That's great. But what if I'm not a part of the LGBT community?
1: No worries, this is a show for everyone. Actually, non-LGBT and non-disabled folks are known as allies, and they are a huge portion of BPI's membership. And in the words of BPI's leadership, everyone is welcome. BPI is proud to offer an open space where you can be yourself.
0: Mm, so what kinds of topics can I expect from Pride Connection?
1: Fun and relevant topics for everyone, from blindness topics to LGBT education, technology to advocacy, accessibility issues to everyday topics.
0: So when will Pride Connection take place?
1: Every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to tune in so we can all connect, mingle, and learn while having fun. Pride Connection.
0: Join the BPI party every Tuesday at 10 p.m. on ACB Radio Mainstream.
1: BPI presents Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT
2: Pride International, Tuesday at 10 p.m. on ACB Radio Main, or wherever you get
3: your podcast. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers,
4: Good evening, good evening, good evening. And depending on when you're listening to this, it'll probably be Tuesday evening. And that means it's Party with BPI during Pride Connection. Our topic this evening is going to be dating in the dark. And we're going to recount some fun stories, whether they be from social media apps, blind dates, meeting in a bar, or meeting in church. We're going to talk about blind... Dating as a blind or low vision person, whether you be straight or LGBTQ, we're all welcome here at the party and we love everyone's stories. We've got some great BPI special guests. But first, we are going to, as always, have a quick little message from our president, Mr. Gabriel Lopez Cafati. And then Leah is going to give us our news and updates on convention.
5: Gabe, good evening. Hey, good evening, Anthony. Good evening, everyone here with us. And uh, like Anthony said, welcome to the party at Pride Connection every Tuesday at 10 p.m. So, uh, yeah, I hope everyone is staying safe and well. We're here. We plan a lot of things around the week so you can join us and connect with us and uh, learn and mingle while we always have fun. Uh, We're really looking forward towards this program this is uh like anthony said dating in the dark i'm sure we'll hear a lot of interesting funny and uh, memorable experiences uh while dating hopefully we can all learn a little bit and definitely share our own experiences so sit tight listen in tune in and welcome to the party all right leah
2: i suspect a lot of you have heard by this point that the in-person Convention scheduled for July 4th weekend through the 10th of July has been canceled by the ACB Board of Directors due to the concerns over safety, given the uncertainty over where this nation is going to be concerning the coronavirus this July. So the Board of Directors has made the determination that An experiment is going to be attempted by conducting the convention virtually. So all the different special interest affiliates and uh, committees will be doing what they can, given an agenda that has been presented to us by ACB to try to make some of the events that we had planned to hold in person conducted via zoom call or conference or played on acb radio so we will have future updates in the weeks to come but bpi our planning committee needs to sit down and we need to make decisions about programming that we feel that we can convey to you in an online format And so we haven't made a definitive decision as of yet, but we'll be back in a few weeks to let you know and give you a schedule of what programming we decide to uh, educate with and entertain with. We had hoped that we would have a luncheon this year for the first time in our history, and we'd hope that we would have a 20th anniversary celebration. But those two events are going to have to wait and be better than ever next year in Phoenix. But we we do plan to definitely demonstrate our presence in the virtual convention format this July. So please just stay tuned, and we will uh, be with you in a few weeks once our decisions are permanent.
5: Well, thank
4: you so much for that update. Unfortunately, I guess we will not be able to clink glasses in person this year, but I am sure that as a special interest affiliate with the reputation that we have, we'll come up with some fun programming and we will definitely be a presence at this year's convention. And like I said, in the next couple of weeks, what that will be, will roll out, let you guys know and give you more than enough time to plan Get your own bottles and meet us on the Zoom. <laughs> Absolutely. So dating in the dark, I would like to first introduce our engineer, our sound guru, our editing god, uh, <laughs> Mr. Tim Cummings from Boston, Massachusetts. Hey, Tim.
3: Wow. I, I don't know how to follow up with that, <laughs> that introduction. <laughs> uh, thank you. And uh I'm happy to be here. I've got to think since I've been married almost 25 years, I've got to think go go in the way back time machine to think about what it was like dating, but you know,
2: before the before the internet.
3: <laughs> I, you know, I mean, oh, before the internet, before dating apps, there was a film recently about young blind people dating and I watched it and show I said to show I said, "Man, I'm glad I'm out of the dating scene now." <laughs> I mean, dating was difficult enough with all these apps and social media and stuff i think yeah. i 10 times 10 times more confused
2: you sent it to the the bpi whatsapp group and i actually checked out that video and <laughs> even as someone who's single now i was uh listening to it and thinking oh my god i don't have the bandwidth or the energy for all of this <laughs> none of it
4: my wonderfully sarcastic niece, I wonder where she gets it from, but um, is very fond of saying, Oh my god, what'd you do back then? Did you send messages through Carrier Pigeon? Hardy, hardy, <laughs> hard. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: because text messaging and the and the um, you know, the that one app where you uh talk for like five seconds and then it's um, it, you know, it's it's out there
5: that's their favorite. I think there's another one. Well, there's TikTok, but TikTok, you're not allowed to to get. You just see stuff from people who are actually registered. But the other one, um, it's not Instagram, is uh, Snapchat. Snapchat, yeah. oh, Snapchat thank God. you.
4: Yeah, she's like, oh, my God, I met this guy on Snapchat, and he seems so awesome. And I'm like, you can only listen to 20 seconds at a time. How awesome could he sound?
5: <laughs> but, you know, whatever.
2: Are these what's replaced the uh, 900 numbers and, and- –
5: Ninety seven no, no, actually. <laughs> well, Snapchat is more like a Snapchat is more like a social media platform. It's more like a Facebook. Okay. Uh, but it's just for small, uh, like Anthony said, short uh, videos that that uh, they're only they refresh unless you make it part of your story. I believe they refresh in 24 hours. So whatever you upload is there for 24 hours, and then it vanishes.
4: And then of course you have the Tinder and, you know, the gay version of Tinder, which is Grindr, you know, and then you have specialized ones. You have Silver Fox or, you know, those daddies who are looking for sugar babies, younger, you know, female or males that want you to attach themselves to a well, um, let's call it a well-lived man. Um, <laughs> you know, you have things like scruff or, or bears and, and, and their cubs. Um, but we got off on the digression which happens with this show it definitely happens with me being one of the co-hosts so let's also introduce our other guests richard and bill you guys want to chime in and tell us a little about yourselves where you're from
6: hi um i'm from richard i'm from so i'm in canada i live in uh or oh, we currently live in richmond British columbia uh which is a uh, in the metro vancouver area so it's uh, one of the one of the number of c- cities or municipalities within this area that's where we currently live and I'm here with my with my husband Bill who's cited. we actually started dating the, uh, the ty- uh and went on a BPI function together we went on a, one of the the first uh, BPI social um fall social gathering it was a cruise to the west eastern Caribbean and so that's how Bill got connected to BPI was because of that cruise and uh and because I, I was still looking for someone to share a cabin with him at the time that I was that I was trying to get him to start dating me. So this, uh, oh. kind of <laughs> but we'd known each other for a couple of years before that year and uh, we're we're friends. And, uh, and I always was kind of hoping that things would work out eventually. <laughs> Yeah, yeah you
4: trap go. him on a boat. That's the way to do it. <laughs> all right, folks out there, if you've got someone you've been trying to get for a couple of years, come to the next BPI cruise and trap him on a boat.
6: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like if yeah, so if you're if you're uh if you've been trying to court someone for a couple of years, just take him to the next BPI social function and you, you'll end <laughs> up
3: married. What did he think when you said, "Bill, we're going on this cruise with all these crazy blind people"?
7: Well, the funny thing is, we were at a friend's party. I'd kind of seen Richard there before, but I didn't really talk to him much. You know, it's just kind of mutual friends. And I th- I went over and I was talking to him and he just in conversation, he was just saying, yeah, I'm booked for this cruise. But he said, the person i going to share the cabin with is not doing it now and all this. And I just jokingly said, well, where's the cruise? And he said, oh, the Caribbean. I said, oh, well, I'd love to go to the Caribbean. Little
5: did I know that, you know, months later that
7: I'd be going with him. But,
5: uh, <laughs> but that's... Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it
7: started, but
5: or little did you know, Bill, that he already had plans for you. Yeah, <laughs> well,
7: I, I kind of had plans, it so was, it
6: was probably a bit of a targeted ask because it was otherwise. It was like the other friend that we were with at the time, I kind of, I kind of jokingly said to him, "Oh, you should come with us," and I, but really, I was hoping that he wouldn't come with us, <laughs> which ended up being the case. So uh, it was, it was funny that summer before we really kind of officially started dating even though we had been on a few sort of casual dates together we both went to the uh vancouver men's course which is the uh gay men's choir here they had a sing-along during pride and so i we we decided to go and so we were there and we, we met another friend of mine and uh and then the next day my my friend uh emails uh, texts me on facebook and he's like Oh, that's a nice guy you are with yesterday. He's a keeper. And I said, yeah, but uh, I don't think it's going to work out. He just wants to be friends. And the next message I get from, from him is like, no, he doesn't. Next thing you know, we're, then we started, started dating. And, and, uh, and he had actually already, even before that, had, had agreed to go on the cruise. So then we kind of started dating more. And, uh, and then our, our, our first official real date had a kind of a really interesting ending because we, we decided to go to the night market and we weren't we were living together anymore. Yet, of course. And so when we were coming home, we, I'm standing on the Skytrain. We're both standing oh, on the Skytrain so platform. Funny. And so we're, we're saying goodbye. And the uh, and train pulls in. And one of the, uh, the Skytrain attendants, so they're kind of the quasi-security and customer service stuff. She comes up to me. She says, oh, do you need any assistance? I said, uh, "I said no, I'm just trying to decide whether I'm going to take the train to Vancouver or go the other way and take the bus home. She said, well, there's a train here right now. I said, okay, next thing you know,
7: I'm on the train they shoved him right on the train. <laughs> <And> I hadn't <laughs> said goodbye or anything. They just shoved him on the train, and then the train doors were closed. And I phoned him up, and I said, are you okay? And, and, he's I'm, like, like, yeah. and I'm like, what just happened?
6: And he said, well, I think they thought you were going to Vancouver. I said, well, I guess I'm going to Vancouver. And I, I said, thanks for tonight. And then I that was,
7: that was it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Like, the first time I met Richard downtown Vancouver – Uh, Neither one of us live right in Vancouver, but we live close, right? So uh, we decided to meet in Vancouver to do something. And it was kind of shocking for me because, I mean, I didn't know anything about visually impaired or blind people at all. Um, Nothing. I mean, I'd met Richard, but I, I didn't know anything about it. And when he showed up, he didn't have his guide dog. And I was like, the first thing out of my mouth, I was shocked. I said, how did you get here? (laughs) <laughs> like I had no idea, <laughs> I had no idea how he'd even gotten there. So. And he's like, well, I just came down here. I was like, oh, okay. So there was a bit of a, a learning curve, right? Like as someone who's sighted and you date someone who's visually impaired, if you don't know, there's gonna be that part where you kind of have to get some information just to kind of, out of curiosity, just to kind of learn right? what people can and can't do. Cause I had no idea. I mean, like when I first met him, I was calling his dog a seeing eye dog because I figured every guide dog was a seeing eye dog. I didn't know that that was a brand. I had no idea. So I was saying, Oh, I I like your seeing eye dog. And he's like, it's not a seeing eye dog. I said, Oh, okay.
3: So there's (laughs)
7: all this kind of learning. I didn't know. Right. But there's some really funny things that have happened too, that are kind of specific to that. Like one time he came out to my house and um, I live in Richmond and he was living in a different part of Vancouver there's a high school at the end of my uh, block and we were out walking um, towards the high school I I was guiding him right of course I've never done this before right and I was you know you're listening to what the person's saying and all that and you're thinking and I wasn't really paying much attention and there was a fire hydrant right in the middle of the sidewalk and I ran him right into the fire.
2: <laughs>
7: and Richard always says that was my that was my secret wish to turn the man this man into the woman I always wanted.
4: <laughs> well you know, you actually opened up a, a topic that we were kind of hoping that would be opened up without putting anyone on the spot as you started to date Richard and get to know Richard. What were some of the other misconceptions that, um, you know, went to the wayside along the way or that, you know, you reeducated and, and you know, and found yourself saying, wow, you know, I-, I was really wrong about that. Or, I you know, I really didn't see that part of life with, you know, a blind person.
7: Oh, yeah. Well, I think there's lots. I mean, I, when it came to the guide dog thing, I knew zero. One thing I had no idea is that I could ever touch the dog because obviously when it's in harness, I never touched it. But when he's at home, he took him out of harness and, he's, and the dog came over and I was like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to touch him. And he's like, no, you could touch him. It's like, oh, I don't <laughs> know that the dog has another life where he's not working. So that was kind of interesting. I didn't have a lot of preconceptions, but then Richard was working and, you know, he did office work and I I was really interested in, in, I, I, in my mind, I imagined there was someone there reading every piece of paper to him or, or what I didn't really know. So I just asked a lot of questions and that's how I found out the answers.
4: We also have a blind couple representation here today, Tim. Can you tell us a little bit about dating Cheryl?
3: People always say, where did you guys meet? And I say, well, we met at a computer users group meeting. They're like, (laughs) oh, you're such a nerd. (laughs) The reason Cheryl was at the computer users meeting was she hadn't used a computer in a while. And so she was back in graduate school and she had heard about this computer users group that we have here in Boston that's been around for a long time. So she came to one of our meetings. A mutual friend of ours invited her. That's where we ended up meeting. I wasn't seriously dating at all i met her and uh we did actually long distance dating because after she finished in graduate school she moved back to chicago where she's from so i was uh taking a lot of plane trips to chicago over the next two years and then we were married in 95 six god Ninety-six.
2: Tim, I'm wondering if prior to meeting Cheryl, what your experience was with dating, because even, you know, in my 20s is when internet dating started and people began meeting that way. And how was dating conducted before that? Was it newspaper ads? Was it just (laughs) meeting people on the street? How? I mean,
3: because I'm about 12 years older than you, Leah. Yeah. I mean it was newspaper ads, but it was chat lines. It was we had in Boston we had this show called and I can't I can't remember the name of it now but people would call in and the host would interview them and he'd say, you know, what kind of person are you looking for? And blah 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 and then at the end of the show you'd call in if you wanted, you know, I'm interested in that person you can give me their phone number. So the internet was not uh really big back then. So it was you know, I was in college, I mean I I did a fair amount of dating in college, and I I met people that way. But it's still, you know, one of the big things, and it's kind of interesting, because this seems to come up in all different contexts. I mean, this comes up in the work context, too. You know, the big question is, well, when do you disclose, you know? When do you disclose that you're blind? If you call somebody on the phone who you've been talking to for a while, do you tell them then, and then if, if you do... Well, then there's no date. Or do you go on the date and then they're so annoyed that you didn't tell them that it doesn't work out anyway? I mean, it's. Well, it's still valid, um,
2: even with the Internet and with apps. That decision
3: is
5: still it's still
3: a question mark. And
5: we've had that discussion at different groups, especially at convention with, uh, you know, hosted by BPI. We've had that uh, dating tips and when or if and how to disclose. There are a lot of approaches to that. Obviously, I'm out of the dating site happily (laughs) Uh, (laughs) actually since july 7th of last year we anthony and i are what janet dickelman calls a convention couple (laughs) so yeah that's a topic for another program i guess but yes uh, janet if you're listening out there yes honey we have you in mind for either godmother of our wedding or flower girl (laughs) my approach when i was in the dating site um and I did both. I caught the tail end of phone chats. And then I obviously was, you know, big into the dating apps like Grinder, Adam for Adam, Scruff, etc. So what I thought of doing, it's not that I was ashamed. First of all, safety reasons. You don't know what intentions people have on the other side of the screen or on the other side of the phone. So first of all, safety, I didn't disclose about being blind or visually impaired. And second of all, because I know there's so many preconceptions. There's so many actually misconceptions. So I said, if it's someone that I feel that I would really like to get to meet, I don't want to have them Say just right of the bat, I'm blind. So that will flare up all their misconceptions and then prevent from actually meeting that person from that point on. So I kind of, I was kind of strategic about definitely before our first in-person meeting disclosing and obviously uh, taking other safety measures like meeting in a public place or something else. Before being by by ourselves, but but yeah, that that's always a tricky part to this. When to disclose? That that was my experience too.
6: The one time, I
5: waited until I started scheduling
6: a a, a first date with a guy, and, and we got along really well. We talked. We had, did stuff, We chatted on the on the app at first, and we then we exchanged phone numbers. and We've been chatting on the phone, and the, and then we kind of got to schedule the first date. And I thought, oh my, I completely forgot to go over to approach the subject of blindness. Well, I did. And the guy lost it. Like he just basically, wow. he basically accused me of lying to him and the whole, and that was wow. the end of it all. And so then that then I decided from that point on, okay, I'm going to dispense of the blindness subject early on in any conversation after I kind of feel a little comfortable with the person and then uh, go from there. I. I tried putting it in my in my description on one app for a while but took it out because I then I realized I was probably screening out guys that were nice guys that really just didn't want to know anything about blindness or didn't want to mm-hmm. even like they had the preconceived notion and kind of just left it at that but it was a bit of a learning group and I, and, I, and I still met some nice guys but actually Bill and I didn't even meet through an app in, initially but uh but I, I I did meet some other guys through apps and dated and dated, but uh, as well too, uh, like, uh, like in the sense of more than just the uh, uh, one night hookup type stuff, like, a, like going going on serious dates and, and trying to have a relationship for more than a week.
7: Well, and I think from the sighted point of view, I mean, I've had people like coworkers or other people say, well, you know, how did you end up dating a blind guy? And I said, well, blindness was just one aspect. It was a small part of who he is. I said, the person that I'm in love with is in the brain and obviously mm. the good looking body too. But I said, you know, <laughs> is just like whether you're left-handed or right-handed to me, it's like another aspect of who you are, but it's not overwhelming. And, you know, people have asked me questions like, well, how did he know that you were good looking? And I said, well, I guess when he got his hands on me, he found out.
5: I, don't
7: <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> our
5: hands don't lie. <laughs> exactly.
6: the, the funny part of our meeting is before I met and saw him again at this friend's at a friend's uh, house uh, at a at a meeting for a gay guys that had like issues coming out. We had actually met each other three. We we didn't realize until two years after that that period of time that we had met each other three years before that. It was uh, I was at a fundraiser for a choir that his mom and a friend of mine they were both in. And he was sitting at the table with us, and I was chatting with him and we and I oh, I thought we're hitting it off, and I was trying because I wasn't out yet, so I was trying to, my damnness how to uh, to figure out how to ask my friend Marilyn for Bill's phone number without outing myself, and so then I decided just to let it go and thought well I'll meet someone else at some point, and which I which I did later that year I met a guy, and, I, and that's when I decided okay the next time I meet someone. I think that something's going to happen. I'm going to come out. So I did later in the year, and, and then two years after that, I met Bill. So it was really, yeah. it was really weird. Like it's it really one of those meant to be stories in, in that sense. But yeah, yeah. I was going like, to say I that. It's really, meant he, to be.
2: kept I, kept showing up on your radar. Yeah,
6: yeah. I tried all the apps: Growler, Scruff, uh, uh, Adam for Adam. and. I couldn't. Have, I grindr. I couldn't because it uh, it wasn't accessible. Otherwise, probably have had an ad on
5: grinder too. Well, it became you know, accessible you know, afterwards. But but you were already you know, with Rich, with Bill when that happened. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah, Bill.
7: You kind of you hear that you know that's people saying, oh well, when you're not looking for it, that's when it'll happen. Well, it, it sounds cliche, but that's exactly what happened to us. I mean, I wasn't at that party going, okay, I'm trying to find someone to date. I just happened to be. I like wandered over and I started talking to him and. And he seemed like an interesting guy. And I thought, well, maybe we could be friends. And we went out from there and it just kind of grew. But I think the thing is just to have an open mind. From the sighted perspective, that's what I tell people is, you know, I certainly haven't given up anything. I've gained so much. So I said, it's, you know, I I always tell people, I said, if you want an awesome life, I said, marry a blind person. I said, you know, you go to the airport, you bypass security (laughs) (laughs) lineups. We went to a Brian Adams concert in Vancouver and Richard told them that he wanted the uh, accessible, seating. accessible seating and we were 10 rows from the front and we paid <laughs> wow. for nosebleed seats way in the back. So I always tell people I said Being married to a blind person is awesome. I said, if you can do it, do it.
4: The topic for today is dating in the dark. And since we have a sighted perspective, not to put you on the spot, but when it came down to things in the dark, so to speak, did you have any reservations before you got there? Did you wonder, you know, would it work the same way, et cetera, et cetera? And I think, you know, this will be helpful to listeners because from our perspective, there's a huge sort of internal checklist that you go through when you're mentally preparing to be with a sighted person. So from the other perspective, did you have any of those questions, wonders, doubts, et cetera, et cetera?
7: I had almost no experience with dealing with blind people or in public or anything, so I had no idea. But I think the thing is I just kept asking questions, and Richard was kind enough to answer I mean, I wasn't drilling him and I didn't have 50 questions the first time we met But Like when we first, on that first date, when we got downtown, I had no idea he could go anywhere without a guide dog. I had no idea that was possible. (laughs) So, I mean, I was an idiot, but I just didn't know, right? I was kind of surprised and I found out, oh yeah, he can go places. And then later on, I found out he actually can use a phone. I was shocked when I saw him with a phone. I was like, well, how do you dial? And he's like, oh, well, the phone talks to me and I was like, He goes, I can do anything. I can send text messages. I was like, really? I was totally shocked. But you know, it's just a matter of learning. He was kind enough to answer all my questions and I didn't really have doubts. I had more questions. I didn't really doubt anything. I just, once I found out how things worked for him, I was okay with it. I just didn't know.
2: But that's what I'm wondering a lot of times, why I think these dating apps maybe don't work particularly well for someone that's visually impaired. I know for me, Match was a complete flop. I mean, it it was a complete non-starter. You and Richard met, you had context. You met at various events. You knew Richard as a person. And I think a lot of times when you put up a profile on an app like I did, and I'm definitely disclosed that I was visually impaired because at this point in my life, I'm 44, I don't have time to play games. I'm not interested in somebody flipping out because we meet and I'm visually impaired. I'm not interested in going somewhere to meet someone and having them walk in and decide to walk out i don't have time for it i don't have the patience i don't have the tolerance for it but i think what happens is that maybe people read that profile that says oh you know i'm totally blind and they immediately because they don't have any history they don't have any knowledge of anyone who's blind maybe they just have some kind of ridiculous image they saw on television or some image of maybe a bumbling blind person they saw on the sidewalk they immediately, I fear, skip right past. And that's why I think the value of just meeting somebody in person is still something that is incredibly important, even in this day of apps and online. I mean, that's one reason I love Tim's story. You could have met a blind person or a sighted person, right? But they just happened to meet at a computer learning class. Bill, you happen to meet Richard through a number of social situations. I would be very curious statistically how successful blind people are through apps. Even in the movie that Tim shared, we should look up the title of that movie for for this show in case people want to look it up. Even in that film, it really seemed hit or miss with the individuals that were sort of showcased in that movie. The relationships that seemed to work out were people that had been friends initially, or they met at a bar or a restaurant without the online influence. I
4: want to agree and disagree with you at the same Mm -hmm. time. I absolutely think that in-person meeting, except for those ones where you get, you know, hooked up by one of your friends. She's like, oh, I know another blind person. You guys are perfect for each other. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know... (laughs) I know this gay guy, he is fabulous. Right. You guys would be perfect for each other. You're gay, he's okay. gay, okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, except for those yeah. instances, I definitely do think the in-person connection is stronger, it gives you the opportunity to feel each other's personality. You know, I'm, I'm very famous for saying you cannot get the full context of a conversation in text messaging and very, very often I hear, oh, I don't like to talk on the phone until I get to know someone. Hum- and a hum- and a how? Hum and a hum and a what? That's an oxymoron. It doesn't, you you cannot truly get to know mm-hmm. someone through words on a screen. Before July 7th, that magical, wonderful Who Falls in Love in Rochester, two of us do. Mm-hmm. I was on Match. I was on Grindr. Um, I had played around with Adam for Adam. I'd done plenty of fish. But I did a social experiment on Match itself because I was paying for it. So for the first month, I didn't disclose. I'm rather pleasant looking. I got quite a bit of hits, but I found that the conversations were tedious. You know, when to disclose was definitely, I decided early on, you know, was best within either the first conversation or or most definitely the beginning of the second conversation. I I want to drag this out. And subsequently, that turned out to work well, because percentage-wise, I'd have to say 90% out of those that I spoke to almost always gave, oh, you know, I'm just out of a relationship. Well, you paid for six months worth of match. If you're not looking for a relationship, what are you doing on here? I'm not going to challenge anyone. Deep down inside, you know, it's the blind thing. But, you know, after a month, I ended up disclosing it, you know, straight up on match. And I met a couple of quality people. In fact, one of my really very good friends- came out of meeting a match. You know, romantically, I don't know what would happen because I was only in month three, went up to Rochester, fell head over heels in love. And so I don't need that. I don't need Grindr. But I never disclosed on grinder. But I also am yeah. one of those people that will not, absolutely will not meet up without having at least a, a five-minute phone conversation. In that phone conversation, the first thing that I would lead off with is, hey, I'm visually impaired, so I just want to make sure before we even get started, you know, are we down? But when I put it in match, I actually ended that little piece of the paragraph with, and you guys should all know from previous experiences, everything feels better in the dark. (laughs) And that took the sting out of it I had a lot of people that would comment on that one line in general and then open up conversation. And of course, I had to deal with all the questions like, oh my God, well, you know, they say the other senses kick in. So when somebody walks in the room, do you like smell what cologne they're wearing? Yeah, same way you do. I might be a little (laughs) bit better at being able to identify it, but, you know, it opens up conversation. And so... I, I most definitely personally would recommend people, you know, when they're on a, an official dating site, not a hookup site, putting it in there and, and just going with the conversation. You're going to weed out a lot of unnecessary drama of having to disclose at some point. And if you do it in a way that attracts the right attention, you can end up with some, some great experiences.
2: Yeah, I think I wasted about $150. So um, <laughs> I, I think it just, it really just depends on personality it depends on because one thing that even going through a lot of profiles and reading other people's information it's a lot of work and quite frankly if you have the kind of schedule that I do during the week and you just don't have a lot of free time it's a tremendous takes a lot of attention and concentration to try to go through those profiles and get a sense you might be interesting because what I have learned just by going through all those different tiny snapshots of people, what people bother to put verbally in the, uh, about me sections is people say they're involved in swimming. They play tennis, they play golf, they play baseball. I don't know how honest people are in a lot of those because there's no way somebody could participate in 10 different sports and, uh, (laughs) you know, hike and have any time for anything else. And I tend to think people are trying to put their best face forward, so to speak, and they're relying on their pictures, which (laughs) are in in no way, you know, of any value to me.
5: And that's the thing that definitely, Leah, I'll have to agree Mm -hmm. with you on that part. Online dating is very time-consuming. Very, very time-consuming, and uh, probably specifically for us, blind people who uh, were using a screen reader. So we're focusing more on the content. People who are sighted, they may just be flicking through pictures, through profile pictures, and they, and that's their their initial screening. So if they see someone who. Uh, would catch their eye they go and read the profile in our situation we have to read the profile to then decide if this person catches our attention or not sorry I was just going to say a lot of people put up extremely brief
2: yeah content in about you you know nothing well okay this person doesn't smoke and they drink casually okay great what does that tell me
4: Well, that tells you reading between the lines that that person is probably still in the quote unquote hookup phase. They're putting up, you know, a brief amount of information because they're going through and they're hitting up the people that visually appeal to them. Online dating or hooking up because they they are two separate categories. And I think we need to be respectful to the fact that there are people that use the internet for just that. They're really not looking for a deep and meaningful relationship. They just want to connect with someone on whatever level they're looking to connect with for that short period of time. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But you have to kind of read between the lines. Somebody who has a five paragraph page, you know, and they were hiking last Tuesday. They were on a ship to Bali the week before that, and so on and so forth. <laughs> you know, that's that's leading up to a Dr. Phil episode because they're going to be asking you, you know, two weeks from now they're going to be stuck in Samoa and they're going to need your assistance to get back to the continental <laughs> United States, <laughs> right? Right. That, I mean,
6: just thinking about the. the- the person being stuck in Samoa or someplace in Africa and they wanted, and they wanted you to send them $500.
7: The sighted person, when I used the apps too, I didn't have a success either. I mean, the thing is, one of two things happened with me. Either um, the person's picture would look awesome and you're like so attracted to them and you're reading over the paragraph, but you're, you're really more attracted to the picture. So you decide to contact mm-hmm. them, you meet them, and then they open their mouth and you're like, oh God, oh no. This- <laughs> no. And then you got the other person who maybe is a little more interesting, but you're just not attracted, there's nothing there. You might be friends, but that's it. Yeah. So I didn't mm-hmm. really have much success either, but my biggest piece of advice from the sighted from the perspective would be, if you're officially impaired to try and go into a mixed group, if there's something you love doing, like an activity, join that because you're going to find someone with a similar and they're going to realize you're blind right from the very beginning sure but yeah going over and over again eventually you're going to get to the point where maybe you can talk to people and um you know answer their questions and after you answer their questions they can get to know you as a person and that's the thing when i first met richard i mean i'd seen him laughing across the room and i thought oh my god he's got such a funny laugh like he's is really like got a he was really funny and then It's kind of like these little things I saw from a distance. And then, to me, the the blindness thing wasn't a big deal. It was just, but I wasn't even looking for the dating. But that's, that's, that's the thing is that we were in a mixed group, so it didn't really matter. You get in a mixed group of people, then... Um, that's repeatedly meeting, then it's going to increase your chances of meeting someone.
3: No, I was going to say, I think that's great advice, but I got to say as a blind person and people who know me, you know, know I'm pretty extroverted, but I have to say it is very difficult. Even as extroverted as I am, it's very difficult for me to go into a group where I'm the only blind person in this group of sighted people. It causes its own... uh, kind of internal panic i have to fight sometimes to even make myself do something like that mm-hmm. so i don't know if anybody has th- those same yeah
2: well as as someone who works right now in a really sighted industry which is tech i mean every day of the week i'm going into a world that is completely full of sighted people and a lot of times i mean it has its own issues walking to uh in a room, and people being nervous about how to even interact, how to say hello. People trying to open a door for me, and I don't see that they've done it, so I slam into it. There's a lot of awkwardness that seems to surround people. If you don't run into somebody, but you're walking by them, and they see you, oh my god, oh my god, I'm sorry. Very strange reactions. And I kind of feel like I'm constantly on high alert and I have to perform (laughs) really well all week. So in a lot of ways for me, being involved in blindness groups is a way to feel much less on camera.
6: Mm -hmm, um, Where it can be
2: much more natural.
6: I, I, like I've done a bit of both. Like I've done, i have like, obviously been involved in blindness groups. That's that's my connection to BPI and, and the blindness consumer movement here in Canada. So I, there was things I liked to do, and and the only place I could do do those things was in a with with sighted people. So like choir mm-hmm. and things like that. So I found that like, the structured social activities um, like choir. I, I didn't I, I we were all doing something very similar especially when it was a gospel choir like would not uh, like in, in when I was in a classical choir I was the only one that, that that didn't sight read because I couldn't read the music and I had to memorize it whereas in gospel choir everybody did it so we were all on equal footing and if anything I probably picked it up more quickly than the sight people like mm-hmm. oh my god I can't read the music what am I going to do what am I going to do I kind of found that in my case that the in that case the Finding structured social activities, and and then and then when I came out, I, I joined the LGBTQ choir as well, just to to, to well, I've got to meet some other gay and lesbian people and and and, and bisexual transgender people as well. And so then and then and then so that was my when I finally came. That was my into the uh, LGBTQ community was far as was doing that because the the first few times I wandered into a gay bar on my own, I was like, this is, not for me because it's it, i can't make any social connection like there's no uh there's no eye contact there's mm-hmm. and, I, and i and i and i probably don't look uh I, I i don't i'm not don't look visually appealing enough that the the the, the, the handsome hunk sitting in the corner holding court's not going to come and approach me and that was how i did it and so then then i did the online dating thing met a few guys and dated and things like that and a couple couple guys still talk to even when bill and i first met and, uh, but then uh the pressure was taken all off, and I, I in, in my case, when I found a permanent relationship that uh, with someone no. that, that we're, hopefully will stay together for forever.
7: The contract might expire. I said, like our marriage is like a contract; we have to renew every five years. <laughs> 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 this is a
4: topic I think we definitely <laughs> need to explore in an upcoming show because I think that there's a huge subsector of the of the blind population, and in some in some instances, you know, people get so mired when they're LGBTQ and they're cited, they get so mired in LGBTQ causes and, and only going to certain restaurants and bars and so on and so forth that they end up losing the full sense of community, you know, on the cited side of things or the non-cited side of things, I think it's this pervasive stigma that everybody's looking at us. And to an extent they are. But I think what we end up forgetting along the way is what we project is what they see more than the physicality of it. Somebody pointed out to me um, not that long ago, you know, hey, everybody trips over something at some point. Everybody spills a drink at a party. Everybody does something that everybody looks at. You know, you just happen to be, you know, you're the guy that's walking in, you know, in the purple mohaired suit. (laughs) It's right there on the page the minute you walk in. But eventually we all have, we all have those moments. And, you know, from the other side, the other side perspective, before I met Gabe, (laughs) I started going out and really putting myself out there. And what you project absolutely signifies what you, you know, what you end up getting back. And, you know, if you're, if you're in that mode from the moment you leave your door, That, you know, oh, this is a bad idea. I'm going to be stuck with all these sided people, so on and so forth. It's going to severely impact your experience. If you go out there and say, hey, I'm going out for the experience, I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to make a friend or whatever it be, or, you know, I'm going to keep me somebody to go home with. You may not go home with someone, but, you know, if you go out with that intention of no matter what happens, I'm going to have an experience, nine times out of 10, it ends up being a lot better than you think it's going to be.
2: I'm just, uh, I, I think there are just so many different viewpoints on that issue. I, I yeah, think as someone I that, think it would be a great yeah, show to do. I think out. it'd be great to explore that, to mm-hmm. explore that further with people because as someone that works in the quote unquote cited world every week, I've had enough at the end of the day and, no, and no. on the weekend.
6: We draw, we have to draw on our life experiences. to Yes, very much. And some of us are more comfortable going out of, what, thinking out of the box, and going beyond our comfort zone, and others aren't, and
4: that's okay. That's 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 yep. what makes me do. exactly. No you matter know, where like, your station is, it's yeah. okay.
7: To this day, I'm always answering questions. I feel like, like the government blindness community should or uh, organization in Canada, the Canadian uh, CNIB. CNIB they should be paying me because I'm like, every day I'm answering questions, not every day, but you know, like coworkers, have <laughs> met Richard and stuff. And the afterwards, they'll ask a lot of questions, but people don't know. So I would rather educate. So uh, I'll explain to people all sorts of stuff, uh, whoever wants to know, because I figure the problem is there's people have no idea. In the end, um, blindness is a factor, but it's not, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's just like, like I said, it's an aspect of a person, but it's not the person the person is the brain and the soul and the the heart it's that's the person just like everybody else and blindness is just a factor that they have to deal with it can be challenging at times but it can also be interesting it can be funny i've got lots of like funny little things i'll just slip in a little funny thing that happened one time like richard and i go to lots of um gay events and things and one is um was a karaoke that would meet um Quite often, and we'd go to that, and we'd met a lot of friends there. And when I went, uh, when I was with Richard, um, I went to the washroom at the when I was at karaoke with him, and I came back out, and Richard's at the mic. And um, what did you tell him? What oh, said? so
6: so I so when he was gone to the washroom, I asked. I I I, I was up. My turn was up next, so I said to the DJ, I said, "Can you pull up Tina Turner? You better be good to me." I said, "I just I just want to surprise Bill." And so, so she pulls it up and and then she says, just wave at me when you want me to stop playing the song. So, so Bill comes out of the bathroom and she cr- cues up the music and it starts. And, it, and he's like, he's <laughs> totally embarrassed because I'm singing his favorite Tina Turner song.
7: <laughs> yeah, and you sing it, you better be good to me. Then um, later on, I'd had a few too many to drink. So I don't normally sing very, Richard's an awesome singer. So I don't really sing yeah. very much, but I'd had a few too many to drink and then, um, and then uh, I got up and I sang, "What's love got to do with it?" So it was kind of fun. <laughs> but you know what? Later on, like, um, not that, but like a, in the future, we've done crazy things. Like, we'd heard this this weird German song called "Du Hast It's all sung in German, and it sounds like someone's screaming. It was just crazy. <laughs> it wasn't. It was a karaoke. We heard that. But anyways, Richard and I decided to. Um, to do it at our karaoke group so we brought uh like long black biker wigs and then richard had brought his cane and i brought um he gave me his rainbow cane and we were fighting with the canes with the wigs on and singing this german song at the top of our line (laughs) and that's That's awesome you take you know you can take blindness and just go like let's make it into something fun let's make it into something Funny where everybody's just like you know we're, we've been really lucky that way that we've been able to do stuff I mean another really funny thing is like one time uh, we were at New Westminster Pride which is a, a, an area close to Vancouver they blocked off the street for the for the pride and this of many years ago and there was a guy strapped to a table and um, so I jokingly said to the guy, Oh well, my husband's blind. Would you mind if he, if he uh, if he did a braille interpretation? And the guy said, "Yeah, go for it." And Richard started running his hands up and down this, guy's
5: <laughs> <line>. <laughs> and I
7: was screaming, "Richard, stop, stop!" <laughs> he really
5: took it too hard. So I used a lot of a lot of funny lines like that. You know, when I was meeting someone and 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 we were past the the blindness point, I would be like, "Well." You know, you have to be fully accessible. So I can't see you. I need to touch before we go any further. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and he's was... used it on other blind people too. Hearty her heart. <laughs> Very <laughs> funny. Yes, I, I did. But I had you. <laughs> <touch me. laughs> yes, yeah, you did. <laughs> I just want on to, the, on the funny note, I just want to share a couple of um, funny, funny punchlines that I got while dating in the dark. I remember this one time I was talking to this guy. And uh, I, I think I disclosed early on, like we were talking about. So I said, I'm blind. And uh, the guy says, oh, that's no problem. And I said, oh, I'm glad you're cool with it. And his response was like, I'm blind too. And I was like, really? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I can't drive without my glasses, man.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs>
5: And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm talking about really blind, not not being able to read or drive without your glasses. I'm really blind. And I think the conversation kept on going. And at some point, I said something, no, because I was uh, with my guide dog, something about my guide dog. And I, it wasn't until I said my guide dog, the guy came back and said, so you're really blind? <laughs> so yeah that was that was a a funny moment i think it's all you know it's
4: all in the in the personality of both you know yourself and the person that you're talking to and you kind of you know you kind of weed out early on the ones that are really kind of formal about it and all kinds of you know this is just not gonna work Mo- you know keep it moving
5: now to i know we're we're about to start wrapping it up so since um we had you guys, you listeners. You see, we had all perspectives here. We had Leah, who's single. We had a blind sighted couple, Richard and Bill, and we have two uh, totally blind couples, uh, Tim and Cheryl, and Anthony and myself. So I just wanna uh, ask Tim if he has gotten sometimes uh, this this. Um, I don't know if concern or advice, or what what to call it, or actually ignorant comment. Many sighted people, uh, especially family or or friends, sometimes see in dating for us, you know, as if we're not only looking for a partner, lifetime partner, but as as if we're looking for a caregiver, a
4: caretaker, mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
5: our oh, caretaker. Yeah. And people have told me, ah, well, I, I always thought you should end up dating someone who's sighted and I was like yeah why is that and precisely oh because you know someone sighted could help you and drive you around and take care of you (laughs) and that just infuriates me so so much because um I couldn't be happier and and there's so many other levels of connection that I, I think happen when you're blind and, uh, and, and, and I, ultimately, to me, it's not a matter of being blind versus sighted. It's just a matter of who you connect with and who you fall in love with, regardless whether either one of you or both of you are blind. That's my, my two cents on that, and, and I'm living it. I'm, I'm with someone blind, just with myself. We both have guide dogs, and we couldn't be happier.
3: The other thing about Cheryl and me is it's an interracial relationship because Cheryl's African-American. So mm-hmm. I think my parents were actually... They were actually more shocked. I think they were more shocked that I ended up marrying a blind person because they never, they never said to me one way or the other. But I think they always you know, hoped in their hearts and felt that it would be better for me if I'd married a sighted person. But I think they were more shocked about the fact that I was marrying a blind person than I was marrying an African-American person. And Cheryl's family... Cheryl's family was the same way. She, I think her mom always thought, you know, that she'd marry a nice-sided guy who would take care of her.
5: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, same.
2: But I think what you look for ultimately is people that uh, can be there for each other and take care of each other. Absolutely. Whatever the, the circumstances.
7: I always told my friends, like, this is not exaggeration. It's 100% the truth. Richard has a much better sense of direction than I do. And he <laughs> can. I, I just I have a terrible sense of direction. And like people, people think that I'm joking when I'm like, well, ask Richard how to get there. Because Richard, we can be in a cab and Richard will tell the cab driver how to get home. I don't know what to do.
5: <laughs> oh, I have that a lot happen to me with, with family members uh, and, and close friends yeah. they they call me for directions here in Miami or they call me <laughs> I'm at such and such where do I go
4: <laughs> well on that note guys I think we have definitely approached the end of our show I'd like to thank Tim Cheryl in the background Richard Bill um, of course my co-hosts Leah and Gabriel if you guys, out there listening and gals and and robots and aliens and whatever else maybe uh you know guide dogs that that speak a very high level of english and if you're listening (laughs) if you're um if you have some comments on this topic you can feel free to hit any one of us up on facebook you can hit up the bpi facebook page you can also find us at blind lgbtpride.org. We've got a bunch of shares that we've just recently done that we've been posting and a bunch more coming up during this highly, highly stressful time. If you want us to do another show about this topic, if you would like to be a guest on an upcoming show, or if you just want to tell us how fabulous this show was, please reach out and let us know. And of course, please come back next Tuesday for another exciting episode of the Pride Connection. Good Good night,
2: everybody. You have been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. For more information, go to blindlgbtpride.org.
1: Someday
3: we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers,